Welcome to the Lifelinks Podcast, where we share how the past influences the current day, so you can choose a future based on a true identity, because we're not blending in. I'm your host, Consuelo Crosby, and also the creator of this content. If you want to chat more about what we talk about on this show, please reach out to me on whatever platform you enjoy on social media. We're available at Lifelinks or on our website at thelinks.com. That's L-N-X-X. And I'd love to engage with you more on these topics and hear more of what you have to say about them. Hola, chicas. Welcome to another Wednesday of the Lifelinks podcast. We are introducing you to a very special guest. In keeping with our season three format of interviews, and video broadcast of our podcast episodes. How'd you like that rookie move version of my kickoff episode? <laughs> In all sincerity, today our guest is Olga Espiritu. Olga is founder of Tree of Life Wealth Advisory Group, who is a financial planner located in Florida, but not just any financial planner. She specifically focuses her expertise for women, women who are experiencing all the different shifts along their journey that can occur. Before we begin our interview with Olga, I would like to just add a snippet of personal context to show how valuable Olga's experience, expertise, and willingness to guide other women can be. I was 33 when I became a single mother of a two-year-old and a five-year-old. And coming from a family of all men and a Latin Catholic mother, I was guilted and shamed to believe that I would fail if I did not have a man. And like you heard on one of our previous episodes, I was ridiculed outright for wanting to buy Apple stock in the mid-90s at $14 a share. Now, if I had had access to a financial planner like Olga Espiritu at the time, my life and that of my daughters would have shifted dramatically. But there was no one like that out there. But that's why I'm so excited to have her on this episode today so that you can revel in being successful and being heard as you listen to her bring not only her life story, but the expertise for being financially cared for for the rest of your life. So welcome to the Life Links podcast. And today we have a really, really amazing woman here as our special guest, Olga Espiritu, who is going to be talking to us about her cultural heritage and how that's influenced her in her founder story. So welcome, Olga. Oh, thank you so much, Consuelo. I'm really, really honored and I am just so looking forward to this conversation. <laughs> yes. thank, thank you for the opportunity to talk about myself, which I usually don't do. So let's see. Let's see where this goes. <laughs> oh, but we'd like to hear it all because for sure it's going to resonate with a lot of women out there and encourage them to tell their story as well. Beautiful. Well, that's So great. give us a little introduction about yourself. 
Alrighty, well, I am a Latina financial planner. I work out of the Miami, Fort Lauderdale area, but I'm originally from New York. I was uh, born and raised in Queens, New York. I started my work and my career there. As you know, the city that never sleeps, it's a <laughs> financial capital of the world. Naturally growing up in a family, my parents are immigrants from Ecuador. And I came to this country looking for what we all come for, or, or all of our ancestors have come for, is for a better life and, and to provide, you know, for the future generations. And so growing up, I knew that financially we were not very stable, that there were always conversations around how are we going to cover the rent this month? What are mm. in any expense that would show up un unannounced would be a big deal. And it was something that I picked up from my parents that money was difficult. It was a difficult subject. It was something that could cause conflict in my household because every dollar was tracked. And so this had a huge impact on my upbringing. Also, you know, as a child, you kind of notice the things you don't have and they're kind of a mm. big deal when you're little. You're like, hey, how come yeah. I have the, the Barbie whose head falls off all the time, you know? <laughs> and my friends have the nice yeah. ones with the progressives, you know? And so I knew that somehow, some way, you know, in the future that I would have to master this money thing, that I would have to know how to make sure it was never missing and how to make sure that when I had a family, that it wasn't a matter of conflict, that it was actually something that no no hacía falta, something that wasn't missing. Right? Yeah, yeah. And so, um, and so, yeah, so that's kind of where this all began is to make sure that when I had little ones that I could get them, uh, hey, maybe the nicer Barbie with the uh, one that the head doesn't fall off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. But even more than that, if you don't know how to maneuver it or manage this area or this subject, you could find yourself in, in a lot of trouble long-term as well. The oh. way that people age in this country and retirement and social security and all these things that we worry about our financial future. So that's kind of where all I've always been thinking about aging, not, not even for myself, but because I knew that I would have to take mm. care of my parents as well. That's a big deal. That's a big deal culturally and, and in the country as, yeah. as well, because it's totally yeah. different. It's totally different. <laughs> you wouldn't know this, but I actually wanted to be an opera singer. Yes, yes. I wanted to be an opera singer. You know, I'm going to ask you to sing. <laughs> oh, it's crazy. It's crazy. You know, it's even growing up in Queens and New York, like who wants to be an opera singer? I you know, <laughs> but what happened was I had an amazing uh, teacher in high school who, who used to sing opera. She was the real deal and had retired and um, she took me under her wing and it, it was something that it was like uh, two worlds collided because I wanted something like her mentorship and she wanted to continue her singing. And so she poured it all out on me and it was just amazing. It was a great, a great experience. And I even got to sing at the Met for like a what? citywide. <laughs> yeah, it was like a citywide <laughs> contest for inner city kids. And it was just a nice opportunity to sit, sing on that stage. It was an intimate event, nothing public. It was, you know, for family and friends, but it was just the feeling of standing on that stage, you know. At that point, how old were you? I had to be like maybe 15 or 16 when that happened. Yeah. Wow. So it was life changing. Were you like, 
I'm going to do this? Or was that the, hmm? Well, that's the thing. I knew that I <laughs> wanted to do this, but then the little girl with the with the Barbie head falling off okay. would, would always come back and say, hey, you know, is this, is this going to be a career choice where you're going to be starving in the future? You know, will you be another starving artist in New York City? Um, and yes. so this little girl always came back and, and kind of put me back on this realist path of thinking about mm-hmm. myself, my parents, which I always call them my first children because I've done everything <laughs> according to them and making sure that they're okay and that I can help them and, and make sure that I give back everything they've given me, you know, because yes, financially is one thing, but love never was a missing factor in my life. And so my way of paying them back is to make sure that this money thing is not an issue for them. (laughs) Oh, that's so powerful. That's so beautiful. And the culture is very, very specific with that. I mean, it's very ingrained in family and and love of family and care. And it's very different than the U.S. when it comes to how children relate with their parents later in life. I, I guess it's also because, you know, as a young child, I'd spend my summers in Ecuador with my grandmother oh. and my extended family. And so I, even though they were far away, I always knew like, okay, you know, we have to stay close to our elders. We have to um, be mm-hmm. tight knit and we help each other. And, and watching my own parents mm-hmm. sending money to Ecuador, helping them, helping my grandmother build a uh. house, you know, and we didn't have anything here, you know, but we had a, you know, my grandmother had a nice yeah. house in Ecuador, <laughs> you know. Ah, uh, so, first so, things first, huh? Exactly. So mm, it was kind of, yeah. I guess you learn more with what you see and not what you hear, you know, and um, that's yeah. pretty much, I, I never even thought it was any way different than that. I thought that was just the way. <laughs> so. Well, yeah, but it's a beautiful mix. It's a beautiful mix when you're being raised one way and you're you're living it and you see the benefit of it and the relationship of it and it's it is a people first culture not a money first culture but you were also born with it because i really promote a lot on the podcast Mm -hmm. that you were born the way you are meant to be Mm -hmm. and that little person you keep close to the surface because they're the one guiding you. Yeah. That's your soul. Yeah. To me, that's your soul. That little person is yeah. saying, okay, that's all great, Olga. Yeah, we can go sing anytime we want. But you know what? <laughs> <laughs> I, want, I want the nice Barbie. Yeah. I want the, I deserve the nice Barbie. <laughs> yeah, I want to go shopping. You know, and, and now that you I'm know? talking about it, I'm actually surprised <laughs> that I told you and used that example. You know why? Because... You know, yeah. I always wanted a daughter. I always wanted a girl, maybe kind of like to heal this wound of getting this Barbie. And look, I just told you, I have four boys, <laughs> right? So I never got the, the Barbie. Even now, they don't want to. Boys get on Barbie. I've tried. I've tried. They just don't want to. And so what ends up happening is this past holiday season, you know, Christmas shopping and all this stuff. Okay. We're looking through, I think there was like a pamphlet that came through the mail and I saw this huge, like, Barbie, um, like a truck, and it had a closet, and you could hang clothes. And my husband's oh, like, dang. "Are you okay?" Because <laughs> I'm like, "This is all I ever wanted." Like, is it weird if I buy it for myself now? Like, <laughs> you know, I'm no. almost forty years old. Like, you know, can I get this? You know, he was like, "I don't know. I, I think you might need therapy." <laughs> no, he's like, "Get it, get buy it. the Barbie." <laughs> 
Yes, like, buy it. the Barbie camper. That might be your therapy. <laughs> Just buy it for yourself. <laughs> no, it's hilarious. But oh, right. poor boys. Yeah, you see how life is. <laughs> My God, it's like incredible. Yeah. So I'm waiting for the granddaughter. The universe. I'm waiting for the granddaughter. So significantly, your upbringing affects how you choose your career. Right. Beyond the opera singing, into financial planning. Right. Before we get into any more of your cultural aspects in your career, why don't we talk about this amazing career that you have? Because especially one, being a woman, two, being a Latina, and you're in wealth management. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's crazy. I'm, a, I'm an engineer and I know it. Uh, you know what it's like, right? Wealth management in New York and, and then in, in Miami. Yes. And you're a founder. Yes, yes. I founded my own firm. Let's bring that all to the table. You know, listening, it kind of brings it all into focus. Like I said, I, I kind of haven't even thought about that because it was always so very personal for me, this this career path. It was, like I said, for my family. It, it had nothing to do really with myself. It was more of like, okay, how can I take care of my family, my parents, and my future kids? That's all it was. And, and I fell into this because... Um, in college, just this way, I was like, Hey, I need to learn about money. What's the hardest uh, subject and what, what's that finance? There's no women in finance. Okay. That's what I want to do. You know, I wanted oh. to, in a way where I could stand out because I knew I had a lot as far as, uh, not having the best education. Right. I went to public school my whole life and, um, I wasn't an amazing student, you know, I was an average student. And so I knew that going into college. All the other kids would start the finance books in chapter 13. I'd have to read the first 12 chapters over the summer just to be on track. And so all led to an internship that I had uh, for a Wall Street firm in New York City. I wanted to work for free. I'd do whatever they, they asked just because I needed to at least be physically in the air, in the area and see okay. you know, what the industry was about. And it was very, very male dominated. Um, and it continues to be, I think it's something like 75, 78%. But I did have some great mentors. I did have a lot of people rooting for me. And so they saw the fire that I had and, and you know, the willingness to learn and be there every single break through uh, college. I'd go summers, you know, and I didn't even have money sometimes for lunch. Okay. Wow. <laughs> so I, I was just there. I showed up. And they offered me a position when I graduated college. It was an amazing experience. And uh, I learned everything that I, that I needed to eventually go off on my own. And that's what I did in uh, the end of 2018. Um, so in 2018, <laughs> you leave. Right. And you go to start your own firm. Right. And the name of your firm, Tree of Life Wealth. Advisory group. That's Did I get it right? Yeah. Okay. Tree of Life Wealth <laughs> Advisory Group. Okay. So tell us about that. Well, first of all, amazing congratulations because oh, you're starting you. that. <laughs> you started that and then had to go through the COVID shutdown as a oh what a, a two year old company. Right. Um, right. It's crazy. So tell us how's it going. It's going very well. Thank you. <laughs> So, I love so the just, office. Let me just tell you, if oh, anybody wants you. to see her office, go on her LinkedIn profile, oh, which we will you, put in the show notes. <laughs> thank you so much, Jen. No, so we um uh we wanted to be 
And when I say we, it's mostly me. <laughs> I, I wanted to be. It is your firm. That's right. That's right. I wanted to be a, a firm where even with the name, right, Tree of Life, we wanted it to be whatever it is for you. But the way that mm-hmm. I saw it was, you know, the tree is uh, so symbolic, right, from the roots to, you know, every leaf and every branch. I wanted to make sure that our clients understood that we weren't transactional. Financial planning is not me selling a product or me representing a company with a product. I wanted it to be very holistic, that we're going to take care of you from the roots to, you know, to the leaf. We're going to talk about all the things that are important to you so that everything's connected, that we're not doing things on the left, on the left hand that are conflicting with the right hand. We want to make sure that it's holistic, you know, that we create plans and, and we create strategies that are not conflicting with each other, that everything is taken into consideration, including your family dynamic, including your, your psychology um, of money, including the, the goals you have, not just for the short term, but for the long term, so that when we give advice, that we're doing it in a way that there's that synergy between all of those aspects. Beautiful, beautiful. And so it's going well. And you even have little subsets directly within your company and specifically for women. That's correct. Tell us about the branch specifically for women in financial planning, because, yeah, with 78, 80 percent of wealth planning being run by men, we really don't feel comfortable that we're getting something that one is sympathetic with how we live our life and we do things that men don't have to do and it's difficult. So it's beautiful that you have this branch specifically for us women. So tell us about that. Yes, thank you. Um, So, so yes, it was something that I saw throughout my 15 years of practice that sometimes I'd walk into a, a meeting with a couple, for example, and I'd see, you know, that the conversation was led maybe by the spouse, for example, and a woman in this in this instance would be kind of in the backdrop, maybe not asking too many questions, maybe feeling a little mm. bit insecure. Or mm. sometimes they would just say, look, I don't handle any of this. Talk to my husband. And so I realized over the long mm. term that I didn't necessarily want to challenge them and, and or force them, but I wanted to create a space where it was encouraged that women lead the conversation, a place where women could feel comfortable and say, hey, I don't know too much about this, but I'd like to. And so the Women's Financial Planning Boutique, like you said, it is a subset. It's it's a secondary branch, a sister branch, if you will, of Tree of Life Wealth. It's meant to feel like a spa experience, one of the places we love to be. I mean, I love to be at the spa. And so you come in, you have a nice (laughs) cup of coffee or tea and we sit and we chat. It's not your typical cold office, you know, with the uh, hardwood floors and the, you know, the marble or or what have you. It's it's meant to be a place where you come, you relax. We talk like girlfriends and our financial planning is, is for women by women. And so there's no topic that we will, that we'll circle around. We can be candid. We can talk the reality of life, you know, things like divorce rates and the the worries that a woman might have. And when there's blended families, I mean, so many things. 
women tend to be uh, caregivers. As you know, we tend to care for our parents and our children and forget about ourselves. And so that um, was the idea is to say, hey, let's, let's talk amongst women. It doesn't have to be a, an uncomfortable conversation. And even if it's not uncomfortable, you're doing something really powerful <laughs> and again, proactive because when I was studying my master's and some of my writings, I discovered in research that women actually collectively around the world are the third largest financial entity after the U.S. and Russia. Wow. Women. And when it comes to the household, the women are actually making 80%, 80% of the financial decisions, Correct. purchases or options or what are made by women. Correct. Correct. But then they have to go ask. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> May I have? Yeah. Don't get me started on that. <laughs> um. I just say, I just say how proactive it is. That, that you see this yeah. in, um, as, a, as a necessary tool when the research is already saying the power is in the hands of the women and the women are the majority of the wealth. Yeah, in no, this there, world. there is so much research and it's really, really exciting. The research is pointing at the fact that, you know, we already, like you said, we already manage the money. I mean, we're the ones who, who knows, planning the vacations, you know, buying the groceries, you know, what, what needs to be paid and, and when, and mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So our, our, our wealth managers. Okay. But it's very, like you said, very much tied so many other dynamics underneath that, that bring us lack of confidence. Right. And mm. I think it's education it's the education right it's it's uh it's easier to or do lack that. thereof right right lack thereof lack um, thereof sometimes we do nothing yeah. in fear of doing the wrong thing right and so oh the education we do nothing or we do less or we take a step back and, and that's that's the whole point is you know to handhold through the process and we have something that we say in the firm, which is, todas somos exitosas, right? We're all successful, meaning that we all have it within us. We just kind of need that little nudge from time to time and says, hey, you can do this. This is how easy it is. Look how simple it is. Did you know? And once you know, that's it. There's nothing that's going to hold you yeah. back. So it, it's kind of that, that philosophy that we already have it. You know, we already have the gift. See, that that is something that, I think each woman, regardless of her position, regardless of her interests in the world, that she feels that, but there's not very much around her. If anything, like you say, there's more barriers and it, and it can be exhausting to go live what you want, to go be successful that you are naturally hardwired to do when you're spending so much energy just trying to get through the barriers right. and you don't have as much energy left for what you were born to be. Uh, but having women like you say, oh, no problem. <laughs> let, me, let me get rid of those for you. And yeah. they're like, wow. Yeah, no, it's so exciting. Wow. Those aha moments where they're like, really, that's mm -hmm. it. Yeah, that's it. Let's go step by step. I explain things and I always say, if you have to ask me this very same question a year from now, please ask it. Yeah. Please ask it because cool. it's a lot of information. Sometimes it's overload, but the more you hear it, yeah. the easier, you know, it is to, to retain. And I encourage that. I, I enjoy explaining things. So please do call, do ask me, do call me.
And so that that's the kind of um, environment that I want to have because I don't want this finance and wealth and all these fancy words or financial jargon to keep mm. women from empowering yeah. themselves financially because it's if we don't do it, who's going to do it for us, right? There's yeah. this big uh, saying in the industry in financial planning that uh, a man is not a financial plan, right? Because you know that sometimes oh, things yeah. don't work out, <laughs> right? Sometimes, in fact, half the time things don't work out. And so yeah. as much as I'm pro, you know, happy marriages and all of the above, that realist comes back and says, hey, what if it doesn't work out? You know, what are the things I can do before I get married or what, even when I'm already married, oh. what conversation should we be having? You know, what are some of the things that we need to do legally so that everyone's on the mm. same boat so that we don't assume, because they say you get to know who you're married to when you get divorced, right? That's when you really learn who oh, you're with. So and so all of these things, right? you know, I kind of bring them to the table and, and even if it's tough to talk about, I'd rather talk about them now and not after the fact. It's a lot of um, soul searching. You would never think because it's like financial planning and soul searching. No. What? <laughs> you know? But uh, it's important. Yeah, that's very interesting that you bring that up and, and tie it together as such because we, and I, I mean me, <laughs> having been a mother, a single mother, for 22 years and feeling both the cultural and societal barriers and feeling the, <laughs> hello, is there any father out there <laughs> feeling, right. uh, yeah, it, you tend to still separate the two that, that wealth isn't associated with your soul because you have to trade your soul in mm -hmm. order to have wealth. Right. And, and it's at least for me, very difficult to see those two as the same and to put the focus on me and my well-being financially before others, right. which leads me to what we're also going to talk Ooh. about with <laughs> how the cultural traits. So how do you personally see your cultural traits, your cultural heritage coming through in your professional life? Do you identify certain things? I think even your conversational style, I see it as a cultural oh, yeah? <laughs> Well, yeah, you know, it, it's funny you say that because our entire process, right? Just the fact that we're so connected or, or so in tune with including the family, right? Including the, the that entire layer of whether it's those, not just your children, because those are the ones, you know, if you have children, you you typically put them even before you, right? It's also thinking about, like I said, how how is your family dynamic going to affect your finances? These are things that usually get skipped over. We're talking about, okay, how much can you put away? What's your budget? It's so numerical. Mm -hmm. It's so cold and, exactly. and black and white that you really don't, it's almost taboo to, to ask somebody about their personal lives, right? But I think that's a huge mistake mm -hmm. because... If you ask me about my finances, I can't separate that from my parents and, and what I'm doing for them and, and how important that is for me. Even if I was talking about my estate planning, you know, if I need a will or a trust, they're definitely going to be part of that conversation. If I have, if I need mm -hmm. life insurance, well, a portion of that money I would want for the care of my parents if I'm not here. If you can't detach 
the family dynamic from the finances. And so our conversation aims to not just include the family, but what are your priorities? What are the things that maybe we're missing? What moves you and, and what makes you get up and work every day? What are we working for? Right? What are we saving for? You know, what is this all for? You know, are right. we, is, is there something that you want to make sure um, that gets taken care of, whether it's a person, people, or a cause? Wow, that is so powerful. I could see women just flocking <laughs> to your website because, I don't know, maybe, maybe we could have a little cut to the front of the line if they heard it on the Life Links podcast. No discount, just get to the top Absolutely. of the line because, wow, <laughs> this is, this is something I've never heard anyone talk like this and talk with the understanding because you walk the talk. You have been there since you can remember and, and did what you need to do. And that's, that's also very difficult is to, to walk through <laughs> that hazing of, you know, a very male dominated career in a male dominated society and, and say, with your goal ahead of you that, well, this is what I have to do in order to get to what I really want right. to do, what I really want to do for women and for the Latino community and, and providing, making sure they're provided for, which again, oh, the people aspect, I just, is not associated with wealth it's management in the U.S. I know. <laughs> oh, it's so powerful. It makes me oh, so happy. You, yeah. So, okay. So for our listeners, do you have to be in the Miami area to? No, okay. absolutely not. How would they reach out to you? Um, you can reach me on my website. Um, whether it's, um, it's best to go through Women's Financial Planning Boutique. Since there's a, a calendar there, you can sign up for a Zoom call, a phone call. Or an in-person visit if you're nearby, happen to be vacationing. But I'm licensed across many states in the U.S. And if I'm not licensed in the state you're in, I can do that very easily. And so it's a matter of reaching out and uh, starting the conversation. And, and we can set up, like I said, a Zoom. It doesn't have to be that you have to walk into the office. Although I'd love for you to. Well, that's a great process, though, because I think your process that you have available on your website really is the first step is knowing that, oh, I know she's free. I can book it on the calendar right here. I'm going to have a conversation. We know how easy it is to talk to Olga. <laughs> and so right there, it's like, oh, that clears so many barriers Absolutely. to engage in the conversation. And to go forward after that would be more exciting. You yeah, know, it's, it's like a, like booking a massage at the spa. That's what that's what yeah. always it's a mas massage for your money. Yeah. Grow, grow, grow. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so I can have my vacation and my spa. Exactly. Yeah. And I love that you said that because that's really what we want. We want it to be as easy as possible. To me, you've hit the top of the mountain, but you might see yourself as still climbing this mountain. And you you very fully have your cultural heritage and identity engaged every day with your what you do professionally and personally, <laughs> which is what I try to encourage women that you don't have to choose. You don't have to choose, well, my culture is over here because no one will understand it. And I go live this way in in like for us in the u.s this is the way i have to leave behind but 
What other areas do you bring your culture forward? Like to your boys, what do you, what do you want to share with your boys as far as your cultural identity? You know, it's funny you say that because as hard as I've worked to be financially secure and, you know, make finances a priority in, in my life personally and professionally, I also recognize that uh, the more you do for your children, the less they'll do for themselves, right? And so we still talk to them about, you know, the importance of saving. We, we pay them for their, their chores. We encourage them, you know, to split their money, a portion oh. for charitable and, and gifts, gift giving, a portion for the future, a oh. portion for needs versus wants. And we try to teach them to be able to fend for themselves and kind of struggle a little bit. Firsthand, I think those trips to Ecuador every summer and those things that I did and saw true poverty, like truer poverty than what I was going through, I think that those things really put life and things in perspective for me to not take things for granted, to work hard. I try to instill in them that, you know, on certain days of the week, we all have dinner together, no matter what, no matter where, so that when they have their families that they feel, you know, mm -hmm. they need to mm -hmm. come home and at least once a week and have dinner with mom. Like those are things that are really important to me. This, this is a, a major accomplishment. Um, for retirement because i don't like that concept of retirement i just consider yeah. where you're at right now this is your your second utopia because you're living this yes. beautiful life mm -hmm. with this young family vibrant family this successful founder <laughs> story a uh, beautiful concept that's going to take off immensely i can't imagine there's this third utopia kids are out of the house <laughs> you can do whatever you want. Um, what does that look like? So, so part of my long-term goals is I would love to inspire other women to pursue finance as a career. There's so much flexibility. You really are the master of your future. You really are able to, like, for example, I have four children because I have the ability and the flexibility and the means and, and all these things where that was an option for me. It was something that we did on purpose. It was something that we looked forward to because we knew that I could take the necessary time to stay home or work from home or take off weekends or work weekends and not work weekdays. So the ability to um, provide this path, this career path to other women, I think is, is uh, very much something that I want to do in the future. So that's one thing. The other thing would be... Um, to expand and be able to do this across the country, being able to have satellite offices, whatever we need to do to, to increase that footprint where women feel like they can talk about money. And it's almost so normal in the future. That's what I hope. And so I hope to be part of that shift and, and that impact. Oh, it's beautiful. Yes, I think you already are and it's going to grow and you have to stay energetic. <laughs> uh, so tell us a little bit about yourself and going back. Uh, you love going to the spa. So, what do you really do? Where's, where do you do? What do you do for the big Ooh, fun? Are you ready? Are you ready for this? Well, um, what do I love? I love dancing sauce. That is a passion of my life. It's how I met my husband, by the way, on the dance floor. 
it's our thing. It's it's how we escape. It's where we forget everything. Don't care about anything but the music and the dance floor. I love, love, love salsa. It's something we're super passionate about. And we were talking long term. I'd love to have like a, like a little lounge or cafe yes. similar to the one where we met on a Tuesday night, yeah. like a random Tuesday night. Listening to salsa, just having a, a cocktail and just enjoying the music. I'd love to have a little nook somewhere where, it, you know, we can just enjoy those experiences. And that's a, a huge, huge passion. Of wow. I love yeah. that. Well, it's a beautiful story, a beautiful family and, and the way you support each other. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's really important. Yeah. For our listeners, what would you share with um know women about moving through the struggle maybe whatever the struggle is right um yeah no so that's a wonderful question because you know i I think part of our our defense mechanisms i sometimes just hearing you kind of say these things and, and even you asking me i have to really dig deep and remember right remember mm -hmm. how and, and how painful it was. And I can talk about it and laugh about it, but it really shaped, as you can see, shaped my entire life. And so I always think about things with the end in mind, right? Thinking about the end in mind and having that carrot at the end of the tunnel kind of be so much greater than the short-term struggle. Like you, whether you're studying or you're in debt, or just like you said, you, you're a single mom, whatever you're going through, just think about how every step, every moment, every day is just getting you closer to putting this behind you, right? It's getting you closer to that carrot. It's getting you closer to that goal. And it's necessary. It's a necessary part of your story so that you can then celebrate so that you can look back and say, you know what, thanks to those things, thanks to those hardships. I can now celebrate even double or triple because I can taste the success because of all the things that I had to go through to get here. So what I would say is let that be the taste that lingers, it, like taste the success, not so much the sour taste that we had to go through to get there. I love that. There's so many quotes I am going to pull from this conversation. <laughs> Great. Thank you, thank wow. <laughs> that I love that. I'm I'm hooked on that because it can be so easy. I think even like I said, even living the culture out loud on any given day, it's sometimes so much easier to retreat and just say, you know, like we were kidding each other about our names. You know, do you, do you want to keep insisting that your name is pronounced a certain way or do you just like, okay, whatever, forget it. And I think <laughs> even something so intimate to your identity, right? we give up on. And so can you imagine you know, it's how, of course, it's in our human nature to just say, okay, I can't, I can't get to that carrot. So I'm going to take this piece of lettuce. You know? right, right, right. <laughs> it's just, I want to stop. I want to quit. I can't do it anymore. Um, did you have something specific that you relied on? Like that gave you that renewal to keep persevering through the struggle? Yeah. I think what really helped me was I had people that were very successful around me 
And I realized that there was nothing ultra special about any of them. There was nothing that separated me from them. It was like, okay, you just did what you had to do. Okay, then what do I have to do? Just tell me what I have to do. I'll do it. That was kind of my attitude. Even so, taking that emotion, that personal emotion out of the conversation and just saying, here's what I need to do. Here's the chores. Here's the, it's not about the what ifs Mm -hmm. as much as the what is. Mm. Focus on what is. Right. Right. Don't let the ifs get in the way. Yeah, absolutely. And mm-hmm. and I know exactly, you know, firsthand what you're talking about. I'm not going to sit here and say that I never felt overwhelmed or, or I felt belittled, even indirectly without anyone trying to belittle me. You know, there was, uh, there was a lot of internal conflicts, you know, and as you saw, even from choosing my career path, you know, there's so many things. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also th- like, the what ifs, like you were saying, you know, what are people thinking of me? They know I don't know anybody with, with uh, millions of dollars to invest. They know I have to work, you know, a lot harder to build my book of business. And so I took, again, those what ifs, they, they did try to get in the way, but that's where you kind of ground yourself and say, no, no, no. Look at so-and-so, they're doing great. I can do great. If this is what they did to get there, I'm going to go ahead and follow those steps. And I think as if you ever have those little voices, you really need to surround yourself with people that have similar aspirations, are positive, are going to encourage you or or give you that that ear, not necessarily to talk you out of your feelings because it's important that we get those out. But so it's important to surround ourselves, you know, with people that that know what we're capable of and are happy to cheer us on when we begin to doubt ourselves. Yes. Yes, having that network around you yes. that will that will listen and empathize but also, and say, okay, go back, exactly. go back, go do it. Yeah, yeah, like, okay. Okay. That's enough. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Beautiful. Okay, so I have two questions left. Um, so we were talking about the salsa bar Ooh. that you're going to have that I that I have VIP entry to. Yes, yes, right. <laughs> yeah, I landed on it. It has to be on a beach. I need it on a beach. Okay. Um, so if you were to walk through a portal mm-hmm. and you didn't know what was on the other side, what is your hope biggest dream would be on the other side for you? Ooh. <laughs> That's a great question because it has so many layers. You know, the first thing when you started saying the word portal, I thought my children, right? I thought my children first and foremost, because like I said, I've been working for them since before they were here. I've been planning for them before before they were even a, a thought, right? And so I always think about them. And so I hope that they can live the lives uh, that they want. I hope that they live lives where they're enjoying, they're giving back, they're helping, they're laughing, they're, they're getting the most out of the short time that we have on this planet. That's that's what I hope to be sitting somewhere watching them live those lives. Uh, that's beautiful. That's a dream. Yeah. I, I, well, and it's in motion. So it's just, that's your third utopia. Yeah. <laughs> beautiful. Okay. Here's the closing question. Just because we like to give our shout Ooh. out. 
So the cafecito. Mm -hmm. Do you have a favorite place there where you live that you mm -hmm. that you go to? You know, the, it's my favorite just because they're quick, like New York Minute type of quick. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I find it very difficult here in Florida. Oh my god, I'm still I'm still getting accustomed to it. But there's a place called La Carreta, which is, you know, they have the ventanita. You run up, you get your stuff and you go. It's really the closest I can get to like even a Dunkin' Donuts in New York where they're working two, they're working two registers, one person. That's how it is. And so um, here I actually timed a place once where it took seven minutes and I was the second person in the line. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> right. Oh, but yeah. Carreta, thank you for saving. <laughs> thank you. You're going to get blacklisted <laughs> if you go to, oh, no, here she comes. Like, no, like, I'm counting. We have I'm to be counting. fast. No, I'm talking. I'm, I have four kids, you know. Time is money over here. We got four kids, four schedules. We have, you know, jump in the, in the soccer mom van. Let's go. We got to go. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. But no, I, I love all cafecito. I'm a coffee uh Aficionado. I love it. I love it. But yes, yeah, no, Carreta, thank you for saving me so much time. <laughs> okay. <laughs> beautiful. Beautiful. We'll have to put them out there. Oh, well, so much, fun. so <laughs> much gratitude. So much fun. Oh my goodness. I would, I would just come up with another random question just to do this. You're going to see your calendar on the website yeah, book, Consuelo, oh Consuelo, Consuelo. It's like, oh my anytime, God, this woman. Anytime, you know, just find a little nook in my calendar and we'll do it. We all need it. <laughs> thank you for listening to me and uh, thank you for making me soul search and um i can't wait you know uh to be a resource anytime All yes right? yes <laughs> well thank you so very very Likewise, much for sharing a lot of your time with us and we've learned so much about you personally and then the culture and how it influenced your career and the beautiful vision thank you have you. For your family, it's just uh, something we really aspire to learn from. So Yay, we will thank you. <laughs> so get engaged with Olga at the Tree of Life Wealth Advisory Group. Tree of Life Wealth <laughs> Advisory Group. We will have all that information of you professionally and how you want to be contacted through the show notes that will be on every streaming platform that people listen to this podcast on. And it will also be on our website oh, because of the episode transcription. So we will take care of that. We will take care of that for you. So thank you for all that professional aspect. And I'm so, <laughs> it just makes me so happy. I just feel so relieved that this exists. <laughs> well, thank you. This is definitely a two-way street. I, I definitely am. Really happy that we got a chance to stop and think and talk. And like I said, you made me dig deep in some things that I didn't even would know would come out today, but they did. But I'm glad. I'm glad. I hope that at least one of those quotes helps someone. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> if you would like to contact Olga Espiritu and have a conversation like we had here today, learning so much of how she can help answer your questions, even the most simplest questions. You can find her contact information on her LinkedIn profile of Olga Espiritu, E-S-P-I-R-I-T-U. And also, if you would like to go ahead and jump into that opportunity of getting started, just to reach out and chat with her, 
you can go to womensfinancialplanningboutique.com. And there you can see the calendar that Olga was talking about. And you can book a 30-minute session, a 60-minute session, or even book that one hour in person. Who does not want to fly to Florida and have a one-hour meeting with Olga? And begin planning for your financial security. No matter where you are in life, no matter what you're experiencing, we empathize with you and we want to support your journey so you can take that stressful piece of financial planning out of your worries. All right, ladies, cheers to all of you in your financial planning success, in your financial security. Thank you, Olga Espiritu, for guiding us and encouraging us and sharing your beautiful story, your perseverance to struggle and taste that success at the other side. Step into your truth, ladies. Ciao. Really appreciate the time you take to rate and review the podcast. Get the backstory and what you've heard here today and reach out to us at thelinks.com. That's L-N-X-X. Because it's about time, it's about us. Stay in the groove on our social media at LifeLinks and get ready to make your move, ladies. Viva!